0: And welcome to episode 31 of The Brood Sages, Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader and with me as always is Sabaiku. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. We are The Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who have a photo of young you in overalls, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. Uh, This week, uh, as we had last week, we have invited a guest onto the show to be our guest host. And in fact, it's going to be our first repeat guest. The one, the only Reckless Rush is here in the house tonight. Reckless, how's it going?
1: It's going great. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Both you guys are just amazing. And I've been having so much fun i know, doing all kinds of things with you guys, so let's hope this episode is also just as entertaining. It is our pleasure to have you. I can't believe we are this lucky. Um,
0: You have been keeping yourself busy. Uh, One of the things that we thought we would highlight tonight is, uh, obviously, everybody knows Reckless Rush, the deck. Everybody knows Reckless Rush, the kitty walkthrough. If you don't know, Stormbound Kitty has an entire section of the website dedicated to reckless rushes deck, how to play it optimally. If you're new, if you've got low levels, if you want to compete at a high level, go there, read it. After that, go to Reckless's YouTube channel. There's all this wonderful content. This man has already created for the, for the game, but beyond all of that reckless, you've done some weird things with the game. Give us a, a, a quick history of some of the side projects and weirdness that you have done uh, with with this tiny little game stormbound how, how have you been expanding it into new horizons
1: um that's actually a great question I mean there's a lot to branch off here I always want to keep like the game fresh yeah like you said wanna just i don't know I'm always that type of person to like I like things that are new I like things that are fresh I like things that just shine and I always want to keep the game almost like updating on my on my own purposes i guess for my own purposes and just in general make others have fun along with it. So I guess one of the big things that I really enjoyed doing was this series I have on my YouTube channel called Rush to Diamond, where I start with a fresh account, completely free to play. And then you guys can always watch me play and see how I get to Diamond, of course, and see my thought process behind all my plays, what decks I can make, stuff like that. It's always really fun. And then I also have this other series that I personally enjoy quite a bit is Speedruns. Speedruns in Stormbound, it sounds pretty silly, but i really enjoyed having speedruns starting from a fresh account once again free to play and then just climbing seeing how fast you can reach like x rank or something and yeah i mean currently we're also doing this other we're hosting this tournament called DraftBound, where essentially we have a bot a discord bot that is always active and players have to draft a deck from scratch so the way it works is so first it'll actually give you one of two factions to choose from and then after that it pretty much closes in on a pool of cards that you can actually choose from because of that faction and it just starts outputting like three cards and you have to pick one and then you make a deck and yeah it's been a lot of fun doing that as well sorry for talking so much but
2: yeah that's all right it sounds like you got a lot going on there yeah yeah please please keep talking we don't
0: want to talk you're you're here tonight so the the two of us can just kind of sit back and and honestly you're more interesting than we are
1: okay well if i can branch off a bit more on that i mean you you know freeloader you and i have been actually collabing on youtube where we're actually re-watching some of the matches that took place in this tournament and we're just analyzing the plays that went through and analyzing the decks it's a lot of fun i've had i've been having a blast hosting this tournament and even watching the games come out of it for example just today there was a match between dirk a well-known equals player in the stormite community and then another player called turtle powers i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly and the match was actually hilarious the final game ended like this derek set up the board perfectly so that there's four one health units on the board and then he sent a butchers into the enemy base full health base by the way the butchers killed off his own Tagore, buffing the butchers along the way oh. and then doing 12 <laughs> damage to the face <laughs> and i was so surprised it was it was i was trying to say like just moment of silence it was just so incredible to watch that game <laughs> so he he had he had were were there, were there just just to clarify
0: were there any enemy units on the board yes there okay, were th- that were l- larger than one health
1: there was one at the time it was three strength and then dirk purposely played a unit to attack it and make his own unit one health so okay, he planned so, it all so
0: so there was no so it was a 50-50 whether tiger was going to spawn a dragon unit somewhere or buff the butchers yes correct (laughs) so he rolled the 50 50 on a tiger
2: i know it was was fantastic you got to take that kind of shot
0: i love it no this is ingenious holy smokes
1: yeah and then um just as you mentioned your last guest host was thomas petrie he's actually right now doing the best in the tournament he hasn't lost a single match it's been so intense for him but he's been holding on very strong with this ironclad like aggressive deck and it's so fun to watch him he's been doing some crazy lethals from across the board from having no front line to somehow throwing in a runner into the enemy base in one turn and winning it was what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, <that's>
1: amazing <laughs> he's just a crazy he's just crazy does he have sound drivers in the deck or something Not Sound Drivers. He's playing Agents um, of Charge. Okay. So he's just throwing that in. He also has Tagore. He has Windmakers. All kinds of crazy shenanigans going on there.
2: That sounds awesome. So he's good at Heroes League and at Equals, you're saying. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And it's been such a surprise.
0: Not Not just Heroes. Not just Equals. You have to understand... Draftbound is a totally different thing than Equals. It's played in Equals, yes, but you don't get to choose the cards. It's what you manage to find in the draft.
2: So, Reckless, tell us about that. You said that you get to pick from one of two factions, and then the cards are presented to you randomly. Is there any sort of waiting for faction cards versus neutrals, or is it just completely a a crapshoot with the pool of cards in the game? So
1: I could actually set it up so that it could be, you know, weighted RNG, but currently I just wanted it to be a little bit more fair in a sense. So I I weighted it based off rarity, where every deck will only will be limited to one epic, sorry, two epics, one legendary, and the rest is a random number of n- comments and rares because some rares are honestly worse than some comments so I kind of bunched them together for that (laughs) that makes sense (laughs) you wrote all this code you
0: you didn't like go hire some college buddy or whatever to write it for you
1: not necessarily I'm kind of in the in-between because although it is my idea and I did do this mostly on my own I didn't actually code it because to tell you the truth, I am not good at coding at all. I've taken like one coding class and uh, besides that, I'm just not good at coding. I couldn't do what I did with this bot. Instead, I actually purchased this program called Discord Bot Workshop, where you can literally create your own Discord bot. And it's like almost formatted for you. So it's very easy to understand. And the owner of that program actually helped me out a ton with this um, huge what do you call it, this huge bot that we've managed to create? So uh, I know that the Legendary is shown first. Is there any order to the rest of the draft? Yeah so like I said I could easily code it so that it's completely like random and mixed but I just didn't have the time for it to tell you the truth I kind of rushed the whole project so recklessly yeah recklessly so I I currently have it set so the first card is a legendary the fourth card is an epic and the seventh card is an epic.
2: That sounds like a good way to do it though.
1: Yeah the interesting thing is that you can never see repeats so at least like I accounted for if the player picks that card it won't show up again obviously because that doesn't make sense and if they don't choose the card it won't show up again either oh
0: that's yes. interesting oh wait wait actually that's problematic yes i say okay well i want green gales i don't want scrap planners or something whichever way no i want scrap planners i don't want green gale that means i'll never see green gale even though
2: even hmm. though you did not pick it yes
1: wow. so you're absolutely correct it is slightly pro- problematic so no no again, no
2: that's not problematic that's fantastic that, It makes that those choices yeah. just so much more difficult to make it puts a, a real lot of pressure on your decision making when you're building the deck
1: that's that's a good like view on it but at the same time i could once again make it so that it shows up again <laughs> if i wanted to but just takes a little bit more time we're trying to get this um bot actually improved i've been also improving it a little bit throughout the tournament and the ultimate plan actually is once this tournament is over i'm going to set up the bot so that it's perfect in my point of view to the point where we can actually have like um an ongoing event and there's just weekly rewards given out by Sheepyard because um Brazoza actually seems to really enjoy this idea, this draft idea. He keeps reaching out to me and asking asking me like some interesting questions and we're just working towards that ultimate goal, I guess you could say. So I that's just a quick teaser, but hopefully a lot of you can are interested in this kind of idea because I think it'll be lots of fun.
2: It's a fantastic idea, and I really do hope they bring it to the game proper in the future rather than something that you have to set up through Discord. Um, and I hope when that happens, you get a cut of the royalties. You deserve it. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Sabaiku, <laughs> so, I, I I have this flashback to when we started playing Hearthstone, and I'm just thinking, like, draft mode has to be in the game at some point, right?
2: One would assume so. Gosh. Who knows how high it is on their priority list? I suppose all of that is true, but but here's the obvious question then. Would you play gold
0: to be able to play, to be able to draft a deck using using effectively Reckless's code to create a deck and then play like a best of 12 kind of
2: series? Oh, absolutely.
0: I know, right?
2: Especially if, so one thing that I think that Hearthstone did well with the arena mode, and I hope that Cheapyard copies is that the cost to enter was pretty nominal. It wasn't a ton. Uh, and the rewards that you got from progressing after after just a few wins, so basically if you could go 50-50, you basically made rewards back that were worth the gold that you put in. Uh, it's important to be, I think, generous with this kind of mode, with the rewards, especially when it's new, because you want to incentivize people to actually play it. Uh, We've had that conversation in the past, how the player base for this game just isn't huge. And any new game mode could really cut into the ranked game mode and make that experience worse. Um, Now you have long queue times in two different game modes instead of good queue times in one. That's fair. But if I remember correctly, you could hit your coin
0: cap on a daily basis playing in casual or in ranked but your arena rewards were always separate. And so you could play to your coin cap and then just switch over to your arena deck and play a couple of games in that and see what kind of rewards you could get out of, you know, finishing your arena run. Um, So it's not necessarily the case that we would be uh, cannibalizing the pool of players who could be playing in uh, ranked because it is totally possible that a lot of those people would uh, play in ranked until they hit their coin cap for the day. Although now that it's 700 gold, maybe not. Um, And then they could switch over kind of a thing, right?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. There's going to be, of of the two different game modes, there's going to be some overlap in the middle.
0: Uh, So, Reckless, Draft Equals is a mode that you have been experimenting and nearly perfecting at this point. Um, This is your second tournament with it, right?
1: I believe so. It's been such a long time. I can't even remember that (laughs) far back. But yes, I I think so. What are some of the
0: other just sort of off-the-wall concepts you've experimented with?
1: Oh, Honestly, there's like so many in my mind that I've been working with, but I never really sat down to like make it into something functional. I think one cool mode would be like having both base halts at one health and then banning a bunch of cards so that you, there's no chip cards allowed. And like movement is very um scarce in the whole game. And the whole goal is obviously to finish the opponent off, considering you only have one base health. Both players have one base health, so it's like a sudden death. But once again, there's no runners, so it's really hard to get across the side of the board.
0: Boy, that puts cards like Toxac into high
1: high esteem, right? What else you got? I mean, I know one that I did work with you a while back, but it never really worked out as planned. It was kind of like this capture the flag mode where essentially... I can't even remember how it works, but I think it was like a tile is essentially considered the flag. A tile on the board is considered the flag, and both players need to capture it somehow and like occupy that tile for X amount of turns or something. Yeah, and for then, two turns, for two for two straight turns in a row. Yeah, two straight turns in a row. The difficulty is obviously: do you attack to do you attack to capture the enemy flag or do you defend your own flag? Like that kind of thing is pretty interesting as well it's a little difficult to implement of course because movement is always a thing like your units will always move forward when your turn starts so it's a little bit difficult to to sort all of that out see now it would be so easy you'd always
0: want to play winter and just use ice flakes because boom you've got a unit <laughs> that you could just
1: put in the flag and you're done Ooh, that's a great no idea actually i didn't even consider that until now All right, we're going to move
0: forward from here. Uh, One of the things that we wanted to do, since this is the first episode that we are producing in May, we wanted to give a shout out to Lombard Man for finishing first in April's uh, Heroes League. It was Thomas Petri when we did our last episode in first, but over the last 24 hours of the season, uh, real shh jumped in front and then Lombard uh, jumped in front of him uh, and so the final uh, uh, three finishers, Lombard, man in first, Riedel in second, Thomas Petrie in third. For those of you who weren't following it too closely, you now know the end. Um, then there is the draft tournament, which we've talked about how it's all set up, uh, but we haven't talked too much reckless
1: about where it's at. So so how's it going so far? Like I mentioned before, Thomas Petrie is dominating, going completely undefeated, i believe those games were honestly so stressful as well for both players that had like him and the player he had his rivals those games must have been completely stressful but it was completely like mind-blowing to know that thomas petrie would just lethal you from across the map those were so funny i actually coined that term thomas the train just because it's so funny it's almost like (laughs) you have like cargo going straight down the the line (laughs) so funny and then in the loser's bracket, we still have a couple games that haven't been played. So we're kind of just looking at them here. I mean, like the Magi was Thomas Petrie's last competitor. Uh, however, he unfortunately lost the, that match. So he is actually very far into the loser's bracket. Then we have other important names here like Overdrive, Artist Rue, Kelp, Dirk seems like he's coming up as well, The Singularity, and Lucifer. So Lucifer is a, not a fairly acquainted name, but is actually in the tournament and he's been performing pretty well as as well uh
0: moving on from there Sabaiku. uh the balance changes are now a full week in um how have you been experiencing the meta have you felt any differences to say
2: greengill serpents have you seen any armed schemers or boomstick officers I can say I've seen screenshots of armed schemers getting some use uh, from Thomas Petrie in the Discord. Uh, I did play with it a little bit in the brawl. It's it's pretty solid at six mana. It's a hefty card. It's it's a big mana cost. I don't think that you'll be seeing it slotted into too many Ironclad decks. But it's actually it's actually pretty solid for the mana cost. I will say, um, Green Gale as expected is completely uh, is completely the same. It's still just really <laughs> stupidly good. Um, I will say the one that I think that Sheepyard got right, though, is Swarm Callers, which I do see now. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. I've played around with it a little bit. Mine is level four, not maxed out, um, which keeps the power level kind of reasonable. Um, it It's good, not great, at least at level four, and it, it seems like a pretty fair card a pretty balanced card and um just just fun to set up and play Hmm.
0: reckless have you had any opportunity to experiment with the
1: swarm colors so my levels aren't exactly up to par with my ranks as probably most of you already know for that so swarm colors i actually did see a little bit and i have tested it just a little bit um I think the issue with swarm College for me, with the deck that I run, is just the issue, like the positioning issue. So there's obviously you're kind of inclined, or, or I guess you could say forced, to play in certain uh, certain tiles, obviously, because you need to get that bordering effect. Otherwise, this card does not see play at all, and that can also mess up the way you want to position the board. So all in all, I think this card is great in a very more than like more than medium amount of satyrs in the deck otherwise you're gonna be losing out on a lot of value and you'll you'll just miss out opportunities to play this card however overall for three mana this card is pretty solid i
0: imagine i'm going to play it more often than i play boomstick officers but then again uh has anyone of the three of us experimented with boomstick officers yet
1: so for all the changes you actually mentioned I obviously have not played with these cards and I've seen <laughs> them quite a little bit, just a little bit on ladder, but I think the, the thing that is most funny to me now is now that I'm hosting this draft tournament, all these changes actually have a major impact on how people want to draft their cards. For example, oh, Boomsticks good point. was already actually decent, in my opinion, in draft. It was actually not the worst, but now it's actually pretty good. It's a very strong card. You can play it aggressively, and you can also defend your base at the same time. Arm schemers having a, way more value now. And then Swarm Colors obviously definitely being more playable than his its former version.
2: That's a really good point. Um,
0: there are also the new Winter Pack cards, which actually went live today. We are recording this on Friday the 7th uh ice flakes glacier palace guys what do we think
2: so i have not played with either of these yet with them being just out um definitely seen some screenshots some videos the merc has been posting his videos to the discord playing with the new cards um i gotta say ice flakes looks pretty fantastic it's just a big beefy body it eats up the opponent's units and uh glacier palace looks like maybe it is not quite as strong it's definitely something you need to build around a little bit more but it looks like a lot of fun i think so reckless what do you think
1: as for me i would say ice flakes ice flakes ice flakes the ultimate destroyer of my deck this card is actually insane in my opinion regardless of um the fact that it freezes itself or not like we know that has plus one strength higher than the the vanilla lawless herd which is already very strong because seven strength in, in my opinion is super optimal you get out of range of cards like void surgers um void surgers hunter's vengeance talk sacrifice you have dark harvest you have all the the standard you know five strength units for example gifted recruits maybe green prototypes the list goes on but this card is actually disgusting because now that it frees itself, it actually stays on that tile for one, two, yeah, essentially two turns. So it's stuck in that, on that tile for two turns, and it makes it very difficult for, for the player, the enemy player, to move around it. Usually, you would just say, okay, this player played on no movement unit, just just play around the board, or maybe you have to clear it. If you have to clear it, you're already dealing with a higher strength Lawless Hurt. And if you're going to play around it, you're going to have to wait another turn. So it's going to be very difficult to play around this card. I think this card is absolutely insane. I really like this card, and I might actually start playing this if I ever play Winter.
2: <laughs> wow. High praise i gotta say i i agree with you 100 percent. and the fact that it can eat up a four mana card like the remnant from scrapped planners like toad just a full strength toad going into it just doesn't get any extra value it really it's really hard for your opponent to deal with without wasting a lot of mana on it it just feels so good
0: um especially in a, in a deck with mist wives i mean that's that's where I get most excited about it. Um when you when you can land a Mistwives on a base, uh you know, a lot of times, especially like in a winter to winter matchup, for some reason I'm always I always watch my opponent play Max Rhymelings into, you know, gifted or green prototypes even, and it's just like, "Oh, okay, well my Mistwives is dead." Uh in this case, when you can play it with something that's 6 or 7 health, the chances on six mana of them ever getting to chip down that 10 health is almost non existent, right? Like, yeah, it can happen. It could be like Frost texters into Icicle Burst, for example. Um, but in general, it requires a phenomenal defensive turn in response to this card. Um, and that's when you're playing it offensively, defensively. Same kind of thing to Reckless's point. Like I can put the vast majority of my mana offensively because two mana into this card is adequate to protect my base. Uh, and that's a that's a huge statement. It's powerful.
1: I think one thing that's actually funny, I didn't think about this until today. Someone mentioned it in the chat where essentially if you play this card and the enemy is playing Shivana, they can actually Shivana this for free. That's going oh, to... Yeah, that
2: is some serious <laughs> counterplay. That is going to be rough. <laughs> I mean, in the same way that if you play Helia Troopers, a Shadowfen, your opponent can mark as prey for free. Like, yeah, now Javana is maybe a little more common than Mark as prey, um, which is not not a meta card for sure in the Heroes League, at least. Um, but the point still stands: like, y- your opponent has to have it. A, in their deck in the first place, which not everybody does, and then B, have it in their hand to answer it on the turn you play it. I think it's it's worth the risk most of the time.
0: You're figuring the most important part, your opponent also has to be playing winter. So at best, that's 25 to to maybe, what, 30% of the meta? If, if the meta really shifts towards winter?
2: Find out next week in our meta report. There you go. Um, But it's not 100%
0: of your opponents are going to be playing winter. So therefore, 100% of your opponents cannot be playing Giovanna. And then from there, you just, like you said, you cut the pie into smaller and smaller pieces. um, And then you get down to the point where, well, then on top of all that, do they have it in hand? Where my mind goes is Reign of Frogs. Uh, I've played Reign of Frogs in my Shadowfen deck forever. My opponents have sometimes been Shadowfen players themselves. Uh, And it turns out that you need to be careful about when you play Reign of Frogs in the mirror, but you can figure out and you learn how to deal with that such that you don't play it into their butchers. You don't play it into their Bragda turn to give them a one health unit to trade into with Bragda. You learn how to kind of cope. I think the same thing will be true here. If you play it as an opener into winter, you might get burned. That's the thing to think about is giving it, giving your opponent a free four mana turn <laughs> might not be the best idea. So into the winter V winter, maybe you don't play with it on the first turn. Maybe you cycle it.
2: Maybe later in the game, you play it and you use it to dictate where your opponent has to play Javana if they yep. want to get any value from it and you mm-hmm. can make your opponent block off access to your units uh, you know you, there's definitely some positioning tricks you can try to work with there
0: yeah i actually don't think it will be as bad as it originally sounded um i just think we just don't know yet how the The counter play works in the mirror because no one's gotten to experience that yet
1: there's also funny areas um like great areas for this card where you can't actually like you can't confuse this card and expect it to move the next turn or you can't even push or pull this card because it's frozen you can't also hysteria this card loris doesn't work there's like all kinds of funny things going on with this card. I think it's it's going to be quite interesting to see this card in play correct yeah. you can't hysteria this card this turn, but there's, there's no rush. You can sit
0: on it to next turn, because guess what? It ain't moving.
2: Well, if if you're placing the Ice Flakes offensively, that means everything else on the board will have moved, though, and that might make your Hysteria worse. Well...
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Or or unplayable. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was thinking, specifically, if you played it along your baseline, your opponent can't Hysteria this turn, but they can always just sit on the Hysteria till next turn, because... It, you know, the ice flakes will, will still be there.
2: You make a great point though, Reckless, about this not working with Loris. So, for example, you could use on seven mana, you could play this and Ubis. And normally, you know, playing Ubis next to small units really just invites your opponent to use the Loris to uh, chip it down. Uh, they can play Loris into Ubis, but this isn't moving to to chip down the that strength at all. Oh my gosh. So if
0: you're gonna play a bunch of units, like 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 a small bu- small bunch of them, like three in a row or, or something like that, actually playing this in the middle is an insane Loris counter. Whoa! No, you got to
2: backwards. You want this? You want Loris to attack the unit in the middle so that the stuff bordering Lor- uh bordering the unit in the middle, moves. But this can't uh, move. Right, right,
0: right. This can't move. So you want this on the edge? Okay, never mind. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. I had it backwards. Still though, that's a really clever, I had not contemplated Loras countering with this card. Hmm. The only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll make mention because I did see it today, uh, was that the Merc was having really good success. And in fact has a video out already with these cards in it, uh, for him in the match that he played Glacier Palace saw insane amounts of value, uh, uh, getting to freeze multiple units. And the one thing that seemed relevant to our listeners in it, because I'm sure some of them may have this question, when more than one Glacier Palace exists, what happens? And that question was answered. I want to give Merck credit for answering it. it. Even if the two units aren't furthest forward, so if it's like a column of units, the first Glacial Palace will freeze the closest to your base, the second glacial palace will actually just freeze the next unit behind it. Um, so uh, it will not freeze the same unit twice. If you have two towers, two units will get frozen. Um, so that's that's actually pretty handy. Um, and it also was sort of an edge case I hadn't contemplated.
2: So the card text basically reads, freeze the furthest opponent unit uh, as long as it is not already frozen.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then if it is frozen, it just kind of skips to the next. All right um so we we kind of ask this question every week uh and i think that it's totally pertinent and reasonable to ask it again reckless how is the game going for you um are you getting what you want out of it uh where do you wish it was going or are you just you know
1: perfectly satisfied where, where it's at i've been playing this game for quite a while now as as well as both of you so um, i can't just say it's only me but so far the game's been okay it's been going good I'm just excited to see more updates specifically like maybe new game modes something like that would be fun that's actually the whole like reason why the draft series came into play is because i really want to integrate these new like exciting game modes where everyone has a fair basis fair playing ground and they can just play out i don't know just fun games in general so i kind of want that because most of us that are listening to this right now are definitely not like maxed out like Level five cards and stuff, so it's very difficult to play against other opponents that have those higher level cards than you. I'd really like to have a game mode where everyone plays on the same like level. And Subaiku?
2: yeah, it's really hard to disagree with that. Um, you know, one of the one of the points that we've certainly made in the past is that getting feedback from the game is really hard because every match you play, you never know did I win or lose because of how I positioned or how I cycled or because of how I built my deck or just because I had different levels than my opponent. It's it's really hard to kind of tease out the meaningful factors there to make a uh, a change that improves your gameplay. Um, you know, being able to meet on equal footing with your opponents eliminates at least some of that and, makes it a lot more enjoyable and a lot more strategic i do still struggle we,
0: we are now what 15 months into this game and i do still struggle with simple things like the question of how did i lose that last game or uh which one of these two cards is better in my deck it, it, it is to your point Subaiku, so difficult to be able to do a post-mortem on a match and was it my miss cycle was it choosing to play the wrong card was it playing the right card in the wrong spot all of these things really do add to the complexity of the game which is why i love it um but it does make improvement somewhat difficult and then yes when you tack on levels it is even more so um uh, i am personally very excited for the idea of the brawl uh getting split into pieces where they um they've been contemplating they've said this publicly uh That uh, not only would there be the the brawl the way we see it now with whatever levels you happen to have, but also a limited level brawl that might take place in the first half of the week. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing um, that you could play for a short period of time before jumping into the other brawl. Uh, And I'm really excited. Like equals is interesting. Level fives is, you know, super powerful. I remember... (laughs) First time Sabaiku and I watched a FrostCon video when we first got started. We were watching like it's just a different game. That's not what we're playing.
2: Uh, (laughs) You you remember? It's true. I I do. I do. do One hundred percent. I'm sitting there with my level two cards and like, oh no, this my games do not play out like this at all. (laughs) Right.
0: There was something insane where somebody had like, I, I, I don't, it might have been a moonlit area or something, but, but all the units on the board were over 10 health. And we're just like, how do you ever win from this con- condition? Like, how do you come back? And then we saw like Toxac into Hunter's Vengeance and suddenly the whole board was empty. We're like, oh, well, that seems nice. <laughs> I wish I had cards that could do that. But either way, the point being just... Um, the brawls will be at a lower level. Uh, I don't know if it'll be level one or level two or level three or whatever. Um, but that was the proposal: was that uh, the uh, early week brawls might be at a different level, and that just that concept itself just sounds so phenomenal to me. I'm 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 fairly excited about it. I would really enjoy that as well. Right? But yeah, uh, it, it, it would be nice. I, I am struggling. I actually spent, I will admit, the $10, the nine ninety nine pack to get as many ice flakes as I could on day one. Uh, so now I have level four ice flakes. I put 30 fusion stones in after spending $10 and uh however much gold that is what 50 uh 100 and uh so 450 uh to get it to level 4 and uh i got it there and after doing all that i realized well at level 4 it still doesn't counter a level 5 scrap planners so it's not quite viable yet in the heroes league <laughs> um so that's the most i've ever put into a single card i can tell you that uh I, I am still you know, a little concerned about the economy, and I want to adopt these new cards as they come in. I want to help promote new metas and new decks and new playstyles, styles. Um, but I can't do this every month. I can't spend the $10 on top of everything else that I'm spending on and stuff. Uh, so uh, hopefully a new mode that comes in that gives us maybe new way of accumulating resources. I'd like to say it reckless overall. Do you feel like the equals tournaments that you're putting on through the Discord, uh, do, do you feel like they could continue to grow? So one of the things that I think we we hope we can do with our podcast is open up to a new listener base, maybe people on Reddit who aren't in the Discord or, or wherever, give them the idea that, oh, holy smokes, there are other ways to play. There are other venues to play. All I have to do is go to the official discord learn about these other tournaments join those separate discords and get started do you do you feel like what
1: you have is scalable to to maybe twice as big so that's actually a great point just recently when i was reading the discord chat i saw thomas petrie he was saying how he didn't he felt a little overwhelmed when he would like look at these tournaments right he he's just like maybe i don't have enough time maybe i don't understand the rules and he felt like you know i just don't feel like doing this because it just looks a little scary or I just don't I'm just a lot of uncertainty on the table on what to do and etc cetera, etc cetera. but he said once I introduced him to this whole um, draft bound tournament idea he actually said he really liked how simple it was and how easy it is to get a game going and just how fun it, it turned out to be so for him I guess from his testimony here we we have some a player who never played equals in the past, who just got introduced to it, and then now they're just having lots of fun. So I was really ha- pleased and happy to to hear that kind of statement coming from him as well.
0: So there you have it, folks. We we want to grow this kind of stuff to the point where it's it's you know weekly tournaments, weekly leagues. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of of Stormbound that is yet to be explored here. Uh, and and please, I I, I want Reckless to have to come back on in three months, begging everyone to. Stop submitting, submitting uh, uh, their names for the next tournament. You know we're we're at 512 players and it's just too big. We can't, we can't go anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd
1: be so funny.
0: Moving on, uh, we have
2: ourselves a card of the week. Sabaiku, so can you walk us through the card of the week? Card of the week chosen by our special guest today is the one that really defines his deck: Temple of the Heart. The neutral common, three mana, strength on the structure is two, three, four, five, six. And the effect is at the start of your turn, remove one at levels one to three, or two at levels four and five, strength from the stronger base and give it to the weaker one. So, Reckless, tell us about your card.
1: So, this is once this card came out, the first thing I did was actually max out this card. I saw a lot of potential <laughs> for this card. I spent a lot of fusion stones, which I maybe regret now, looking back. But it was a lot of fun (laughs) seeing this card just at level five instantly upon release. Playing out a couple games, and so far, I have to say this card has brought me a lot of joy. Actually, a lot of players don't still to this day don't understand what it does and how to even play against it. In fact some of my matches actually and like that are still going on some of the matches i play using this card when i set it down the enemy uses the emote like the surprised emote. they're like what who plays this card (laughs) this card exists in the game i didn't even know so it's been a lot of fun playing with this card even the magi he's a good buddy of mine he renamed one of the the reckless rush variation i played today he wanted to name it heart attack so it's kind of funny (laughs) that's great our, our heart attack variation this card is quite insane, in my opinion. I would really love to see it get buffed, but believe it or not, that's never going to happen because I've already thrown the win rate over the roof. So this is not going to happen anytime soon, sadly. I think for six strength, that like three mana, it's it's not totally the best. But with proper planning, positioning, and obviously the state of the board, like all kinds of factors included, this card is quite insane, especially for me who recently was a base health 14 playing against base health 20s setting down this card draining the enemy's health twice like it's already just so much value it's just so fun to play with this card when you can get it
2: right i gotta say your your circumstances are definitely not typical uh and it's like this card was just designed for you to take advantage of
1: (laughs) yeah that's actually a good point there i don't expect uh, and i don't actually encourage people to play this card if they're if their base health is very close to the enemy's base health but like you said in my circumstance where i'm base out 14 now 15 this card still sees so much potential, especially when you combine it with a swarm card like Restless Goats or even Broken Truce. It's just so funny to play around with this card. So I'm guessing there's less than a handful of people
0: trying to, hence why the win rate with it is just so high. You're you're skewing the results a little bit. Have you have you thought about trying to co-op someone else into playing the deck for or playing the card for a little bit in your deck or any other? just so that the win rate of the card being included in decks drops. <laughs> you just got to convince people. Guys, Temple of Heart, just just put it in all your decks. Trust me, just just try it now.
1: Yeah, so there's actually been a couple of jokes that went around in the Discord. When I first asked Prezoza... Um, what the win rate is of this card, he said it's actually looking very good. And then people made a couple of jokes saying it's because of me. Yeah, you're killing the results. <laughs> and then on, I know that the last time I mentioned this card, someone said they're going to start playing it. And I made the joke back saying now the win is going down. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Maybe, maybe
0: that's what we should do, Subaiku, just to help Regulus out. We, we could both put Temple of Heart in our, uh, our Shadowfen decks or something and just Sort of watch the win rate drop a bit and see if we can get him a buff
1: it's just that at six strength it's very i guess it's it's a little it's a little weird like i don't like how it gets killed by void surgers six strength at least at the very least is great to combat like gifted recruits or green prototypes but I don't like how it dies so easily to a dubious hags, destructive bots. When that happens, then the game goes a little bit downhill.
2: Six strength is vanilla stats for three mana, right? Like that's West Wind Sailors at level five. Yeah. Um, which means that your opponent doesn't have to put any extra mana into it than you did and that's abnormal for a structure typically the structures do have a higher uh, a higher strength for the mana cost because they can't move and that that's the offset uh that they have um the fact that sheepyard rated the strength so poorly for this particular temple Means that they thought that the effect was really good is the only way I can look at it. Yeah, 100% agree on that point.
0: But they're also right. The effect is insanely good. I mean, not if you're a base health 20. It doesn't really help you early.
2: No, well, At levels four and five, it's a four health swing in the game. Correct. If you play it on the right turn. Yeah. Yeah. I would expect the fact that it can then give that health back to your opponent would kind of be the only offset that it needs and that it doesn't need to take a a hit to the strength to compensate for. Well, that's a good point. So it should be the of uh,
0: like a, a it should have Fort of Eben Rock stats. You're saying because there's no guarantee that the health goes in any particular direction.
2: Well, maybe not Fort, but Fort minus one instead of uh, the Fort minus two that it currently has.
1: Okay. okay, I can I can understand by that actually. I just think that it's I believe this is actually the only structure that can negatively impact you, which is kind of funny because. If you play this card on the wrong turn or something, you can actually just give your opponent base health, and then it's literally negatively impacting the game Mm. for you. (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah, late in the game, it might be a card that you actually have to not play. If you accidentally cycle into it, if it comes back earlier than you expect or whatever, you might have to just sit on it and not play the card.
0: Well, you you could always put... I mean, even at at 6 health, it should kill, uh, kill something or at least reduce... The health of something on a board late game right like you could at least just stick it in front of one of your enemy units so it's not alive for your next start of turn it's just you know reduce that
2: unit by six health kind of a thing that's fair and you can also use it to just try to hold your front to so your opponent has the choice well do I kill it and deny my opponent at the front or do I leave it up and take my chances but get extra base health out of it?
1: Yeah, I think what makes this card really great is the fact the whole mind game component to this card. So, for example, you can set this card down and then play a wrestle's Goats and then the enemy is like, OK, I have to kill this Wrestles Goats. But if I do, then the temple's going to trigger. And then like, do I really want to do that? So then they start think- overthinking some things. Or for example, they're already lower base health than you. And you set this down at their base. So now they have to clear it to kill the corner unit. But they don't want to kill it because they want to buff their health. So then it's like, what do I do? And I've had a lot of games where players don't destroy the temple because they're like, okay, it's going to buff my health. Just to not realize that I have Devastated Forgotten Souls one-shotting them. <laughs>
2: oh, dear <laughs>
0: so yeah that two health doesn't really matter when you deal s- you, what is that 12, 12. back yeah. yeah oof, yeah that hurts all right well uh, that ends the main portion of this episode which means it's time for me to remind you to please contact us preferably on our channel in the stormbound discord server or on twitter at brood sages you can also email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com we also have an additional way for you to reach out and support us. We've just started a Gumroad account about uh, three months ago now. You can become patrons of our work. Check out the link on our Stormbound Kitty page. This week, we heard from a few of our listeners. First off, we heard from The Merc with the quote, yeah, boy, yeah. Arthas Rue says, beautiful episode. I'm really impressed with the, del- the detailed insights Thomas brings to the table it was an absolute pleasure to listen to. Well, thank you so much, Arthas. Supla Law says, So Swarm is the meta now? And Thomas's voice is so similar to what I imagined. <laughs> That's going to do it for tonight's episode. For Baiku, I am Freeloader. We are the Brid Sages, reminding you to stay hydrated. Thanks, Reckless.